Woo! It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through. Ella, clutch, flawless, can't be touched. It's your boy, Bubba, let's. Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast. This is episode 188. This is winners and losers of week 10 in the NFL. And we finally have Kevin back with us, sir. I am back. It has been a very eventful two weeks. Some unfortunate, some just busy. But either way, I'm happy to be back. Let's talk some football. Let's get it. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm excited for this one. I'm not I, gonna lie. I, I have missed these winners and losers really bad. Oh, dude, I used talk, to love doing these. It's it's fun to do it like just in general, and doing it by myself. It's like cool and all, but it's it's a whole different story when you're like, just just going back and forth. Yeah, dude, vi- for sure. You're building that momentum off each other, which is really yes, nice. sir. So we are back. Uh, first I love of it. two episodes that we're filming today. Um, yes, we will come back probably later in the week and talk about buy or sell playoff contenders who do we think is legit who's a bust who's a, f- a fugazi as we like to call oh, it oh a fugazi a my fugazi. lord right, not to mention the epitome of the fugazi which is the chicago bears but we'll save that for another day that's that's uh that's that's its own segment that i'll scream about in about an hour oh god all right so you know the the drill Winners get a little bit of the bubbly, but mm. for this specific week, not only do they get the bubbly, oh, but they get the credit oh. of being called real G's because oh. as Baker Mayfield likes to call it, the oh, young God. Shakespeare that he is, real G's move in silence like lasagna. He did say that, didn't he? Was, I saw that. I mean, in the virtual press conference, and you just hear the reporters in the background laughing. I I love it. I absolutely love it. He said it was you know, such a straight face, too. You know, sometimes Baker Mayfield's personality makes up for his mediocre play. So, Hey, real G's move in silence like lasagna. I guess so, man. Real I guess G's so. move in silence like baloney. Oh, Real G's baloney. move in silence like... Yep, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. okay, all right. Sir... Oh, oh uh, yeah, winners get the ball, yeah. and then yes. losers get Stephen A. The honorable mention does get the LeBron respect. So, mm-hmm. sir, mm-hmm. it's been a while, so I'll let you go oh. first. Who is your first winner how, of the week? How nice of you. Thank you very much. Um, my first winner belongs to the baby himself. Well, let me rephrase that. One of three babies in the NFL. So not the baby. No, not the baby. No, the baby in the NFL because he just started, unlike the other two. Man, wouldn't you love to be in Tua's spot right now? Mm. Wouldn't you just love to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins right now? Check me out, right? Check me out. I don't so, think you've ever been able to say that, but mm-hmm. we are now. We are now. Check this out. Ready? So, Tua. Unfortunate circumstances that he got the job from a beloved veteran, right? It is what it is, you know? He comes in first week. He plays meh, whatever. But he does good enough to get the W. Second week he comes in. He plays better. Good, good. This last week against the other baby himself, Justin Herbert. Oh, easy outduel. Tua outdueled Herbert. Now, this is what I mean by how wonderful is it to be the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? You don't have to do a lot. You got a defense that's just destroying everyone. Oh, my God. Don't forget to mention the special teams. It's oh one-third of the game. Oh, my God. I mean, like, seriously. You, you got Tua playing at a good level right now, right? That's all you he got, to do. You got Preston Williams, Dante Ooh. Parker every now and then, every now and then coming in. You got Jakeem Grant making a comeback tour. I mean, the running back situation is kind of iffy right now, but... Right, right. But it'll, it'll solve itself. It, it'll solve itself. Like, like it usually, usually does in the NFL. Usually is the key word. What else do you need? 
Oh, oh, excuse me. How disrespectful. You got Mike Gesicki, absolute monster man at the tight end position. And then you got your defense on the other side just manhandling every single team that comes in. Oh, man. Oh, my lord. Mm -hmm. Tua Tug of Viola. Wow. Yeah, dub for me, man. Dub for me. Hey, Tua. Roll Tide, baby. Enjoy the book. Okay. Oh, okay. No, no. A little no. bit of the public. <laughs> Don't say no, that. No, Don't no. say that. Don't That's say that. Part. He doesn't oh. belong. In the, he, he's not there anymore. Look, man. Miami Dolphins sleeper team of the AFC. Yeah. Said for you were right. Man. You were right. That defense is playing better than I expected, though. Emmanuel Ogba. All, right behind Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, and TJ Watt as far as defensive players of the year. Yeah. Secondary. Led by Byron Jones. You hate to Ooh. see it if you're in Dallas, but you love to see it if you're a fan of Byron Jones. Yeah. And l like you said, you don't need to do much if you're Tua. You're just in a yeah. situation to where you just don't create turnovers. He is very careful with the football. The running back situation will figure itself out with Miles um, Gaskin coming back from IR sooner rather than later. And they have really good weapons on the outside. Preston Williams building that relationship. Devontae Parker. It's going really well. That offensive line's playing better than everyone expected. So and it, it, credit to, to Brian Flores. He's done this project since day one of 2019. And it's really coming together very well. I, I think it would be extremely disrespectful if Brian Flores is not a nominee for Coach of the Year. It's, it's tough because I said in the last episode where Mike Tomlin, if he goes undefeated, it's hard to go against that. But if you're basing it off of who truly has coached the hardest this season, it is Brian Flores. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Man is just... Man, you know, it's crazy because one of, the, one of the hardest things to do as a head coach in the NFL, and it's always been talked about, developing your team with a new rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. That is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL. And, you know, like we said, it's not perfected. But, you know, the fact that he's able to have such a great defense, a great defensive coordinator, being able to run his portion of the job without having to worry about it at all, he, just, he, he can just focus on developing Tua. I mean, man. And then think about this. One last thing before we move on to your first winner. The Miami Dolphins have two first-round picks this draft. Ooh. Am I hearing running back, wide receiver? Ooh. Interesting. Maybe? Give Tua, give Tua some weapons? Because, I mean, like we said, Devontae has always been hit or miss. Preston Williams is emerging. That's great. Uh -huh. But Jakeem Grant has always been, like, the special team specialist slot. What if... The Dolphins can get a solid slot player like C.D. Lamb. I'm not going to say is because, unfortunately, we know the situation. But was for Dallas, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it could it, it could be great. Or you could, could always great. beef up that, uh, that offensive line still. Or That's beef it. up the line. Yeah. I'm okay with that because of the moves that you've made on defense have really worked out this offseason. And... I'm I'm loving everything that they're doing in Miami right now. It it's a good time to to be a part of the Fins. The Fins. Fins yeah. All right. First Well, winner. sir. Go for it. He finally got it done on Monday night. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you're no longer winless on Monday night football. You win in the playoffs against the Saints in the dome last season. But you finally get the one win that you needed to prove yourself. All those videos coming out of him singing in high school in the choir, doing the 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 whole dance and, and you know make a little love, do a little dance, let's get down tonight. Oh, Kirk Cousins got down tonight. One you know, and nine in Monday Night Football, and he gets his first one against the Chicago Bears in a divisional game that puts him at four and five. And could get them into that wild card spot in the NFC. I remember saying that at the beginning of the season, I did not see anything coming out of the Vikings at all. I thought they were going to be a mediocre team. I thought they weren't going to have any gas left. However, the first half of the season, I was right. But now, 
I don't know. They're looking they're looking good. I I mean, you got Dalvin Cook, absolute beast, freak of nature. Mm-hmm. You got Justin Jefferson that has proven himself as a top receiver. You got Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen never left. It just so happens that, you know, every now and then Kirk Cousins has trouble looking his way. But it's what it is. Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., by the way, has emerged as a, basically a goal line threat as well. I feel like the only problem with the Vikings team right now is just their defense. Their defense is very inconsistent. Which is odd because Mike Zimmer coaches that team. How? I think the the departures and the injuries that have occurred this past season, you know, getting rid of Xavier Rhodes, who's having a really good year with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Andrew Sandejo leaves for Cleveland, so it's really up to Harrison Smith in the backfield with a lot of young guys. Uh, they lose Everson Griffin, went to Dallas, now Detroit. Daniil Hunter is out for the rest of the year with a neck injury. So you don't really have that presence up front. It's just not the same as it was a season ago, two years ago, three years ago. So they're redeveloping on defense they can score a lot of points but of course the Kirk Cousins consistency is the issue look I'm not saying it was pretty last night 19 to 13 win against the Chicago Bears team that somehow thinks Nick Foles is still the answer even after you know the the injury that occurred in that final drive they're probably going to stick with Nick Foles and they're still four and five they're still third in the NFC North so do you really say that they're going to make that push? I don't think so. I just think this is a nice win for Kirk Cousins, who is just getting bashed on every single time that he can be in Minnesota. Yeah. And he's he's a guy that you can laugh at, but you know there are some moments where he proves that he is the franchise guy, that he can yeah. be that guy. And I feel like last night, you know, getting that, that chip off his shoulder, getting that win on primetime, it was nice. So Kirk Cousins... I don't know if you drink bubbly. You don't look like the type of guy that that drinks the bubbly, but have some too. Maybe some add some some orange juice. Make a mimosa out of it, you know. But eh, not bad, Kirk Cousins. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, sir. Deserves it. Deserves it. Well, you like that. You like that. You know what? I did like that. Yes, believe it or not, I did like that. Now, my second winner. Oh. Oh my. You know, if you're a Houston Texans fan. Oh God. It could be a non flashback you know, with Bill O'Brien. There's, there's, there's help, okay? <laughs> I, I want you to know that you can reach out for help, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You know, psychology is slept on, but it's a real thing, it's needed in this world. So if you need therapy after watching DeAndre Hopkins moss three Bills defenders for a Hail Mary touchdown win. Not, ju- not just any Bills defenders. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're talking Tredavious White. Mm-hmm. Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. Who's the last one? I don't know. But two of the names two, two, is good enough. Two out, of the, two out of the three are all pros, I believe, if I, I remember. I think DeAndre Hopkins would say... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, exactly. So um, if you need therapy after watching that, go get it. There's help, okay? DeAndre Hopkins is the best player. Absolute best wide receiver in the NFL. You know, we were talking about this earlier. Stephon Diggs has been having an amazing year. I can respect that. Statistically the best wide receiver in the league. Vontae Adams, monster. Love him to death. Leads the league in touchdowns with nine. DK Metcalf, mini Megatron, monster. I uh, Amazing. Dude's built. Different. He's just built. He's just built. He's also built different. But Facts. DeAndre Hopkins, when you watch this man play, it looks like anything coming his way, he'll catch it somehow. Somehow. No matter what. I mean, my God. Look, and I'll reiterate I'll reiterate my point. Anybody who comes at me, which is usually all my friends, but they always say, 
No. DeAndre? No. Devontae? DK? Yeah. Look, man. Until your DK and until your Devontae goes five to six years of his, like, what, first tenure of his career without a capable starting quarterback and still puts up all pro numbers, don't come at me. Don't come at me. You know, that's a very valid point. And I want this list. DeAndre Hopkins. Please, please pull up the list. Good old Matt Schaub. Oh, God. Still in the lead. Case Keenum. Is he? Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, right? Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Case Keenum. Still in the lead. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzmagic? You know Go. what? This list ain't that bad. Uh, Ryan Mallett. Oh. Ooh. Brian Hoyer. Oh, God. Brian Hoyer. T.J. Yates. The the gunslinging ginger that is Brandon Wheaton. Mm, 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 the greatest robbery of all time, Brock Osweiler. God. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my god. I can't believe that. Tom Savage. AJ McCarron, and of course Deshaun Watson. So you're gonna sit here and tell me that DeAndre Hopkins is not the best wide receiver in the last six to seven years? You're yeah. dumb. I mean, you're you, stupid. You had Tom Savage throwing to you. I don't know what else you want. You are dumb, idiotic. Get away from me. Go get the help you deserve. Oh man, have you ever seen the replacements? Keanu no, Reeves? I have not. Where it's like the maybe, where it's like the Washington football team, go figure, and their players want to get paid, but then they bring in replacements, and like it's Joe, not Joe Flacco, uh, Keanu Reeves is like uh, Shane Falco, and then they just bring in some guys from like prison and all that. No, it sounds familiar though. No. It does sound familiar. So there's this wide receiver who has really, really good athleticism, agility, speed. And he, he can catch, he can make spectacular catches, but his consistency in catches is not as good. So, mm -hmm. like, he'll sometimes make the greatest play in the world, and then sometimes he can't catch worth a damn. So then one game, he drops the pass on a post route, and they're like, you're going to get open again. So we're going to run the same exact play, but let's just, let's just put some stuff on your hands real quick. And, then, and there's no gloves, so, you know, they just put some sticky stuff on his hands. He catches it. He scores a touchdown, and, and like, you, like it's literally pressing his hands together, like it's that sticky. And then he looks at his hands. He's like, "It looks like I jacked off an elephant." Oh, oh that, my goodness! That is what DeAndre Hopkins oh, hands. No, no, no. <laughs> Not feeling that one. I'm feeling that one. Wow. I mean, it it seems like he jacked off an elephant. It's that sticky because he just catches everything. 6XL hands. They need to make custom gloves for this man. He ended D'Angelo Hall's career. He did, actually. He did. Yes, he did. I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what else that you want to see out of DeAndre Hopkins because the Kyler Murray and Hopkins relationship is the most entertaining thing in the NFL right now. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And so, um... Just one last thing. That throw by Kyler Murray. Oh, beautiful. Spectacular. On the, on the run, getting pressured on, onto the sideline, and he just dimes it to the perfect spot. It was such a good throw, honestly. It was very good. That was such a great game. I think everybody's a winner. I don't care if the Buffalo Bills lose that game. They are still a great football team. They just lost to another great football team. Yeah. And, yeah. and credit to both of those. That That is a candidate of the year for game of the year. So, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins jacked off an elephant. Oh, oh. a little oh, bit no. of the bubbly. You know what? <laughs> Since we're on the topic of great wide receivers. Oh, yes, please. Let's switch. <laughs> how about we give some love to the underrated guys? Oh, okay. Who? Okay, why do you sound so... Like disappointed by that because i want to see who's underrated in your opinion 
Well, they showed up. One of them was on the opposite sideline to DeAndre Hopkins. We know him. We've seen him for so many years. He is the best slot receiver in the NFL. He's also one right of the... Right now? Yes. Okay. He is also one of the tiniest receivers in the league. But okay. this He raps. He's actually a pretty good rapper. Our first underrated wide receiver that I should give all the credit to, Cole mm-hmm. Beasley. Oh, yes. Cole Beasley went Cole off yesterday. He, he gave oh. DeAndre Hopkins a run for his money. 11 receptions, targeted like 13 times, 109 yards, one touchdown. The dude, you could just put him anywhere on the field, and Josh Allen loves this guy. For so he many really years, does. Tony Romo loved him. Dak loved him for a few years, even with all the the – I guess the talk about not having a number one receiver. Cole Beasley was the number one receiver. He got his money in Buffalo. He's earning his money in Buffalo. He had a great game last uh, or uh, on Sunday, and he's having a great season. I mean, he has more yards in total than Julio Jones right now. I know with the injuries, oh, yeah. but I mean that's still a great you know top twenty wide receiver in the league. And Josh Allen loves him. Let's give him some other props to Marvin Jones Jr. in Detroit. I love Kenny Galladay. But this is the more consistent guy in Detroit for Matthew Stafford. Eight receptions, 96 yards, and one touchdown in their win against Washington. And lastly, in their win against the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams have themselves a really nice trio of wide receivers. You got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods, but this guy has been really consistent the last few weeks. Josh Reynolds, eight receptions, 94 yards, didn't find the end zone. But this guy is... A perfect fit for that offense to make Jared Goff feel more comfortable. And if he, if you have the double team on Cooper Cup, if you have the double team on Robert Woods, you're still going to have to worry about Josh Reynolds. And he is having a phenomenal year with Sean McVay in that offense. So for all three of those guys, underrated in my eyes, not talked about enough, all of them deserve. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Is that good enough for you, sir? Oh. You know what? Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Uh, that you know, Josh Reynolds is actually a reason why I traded away Cooper Cup. Um, it was starting to become very apparent that Cooper Cup is being used for more inside routes. He gets like one or two seam routes a game, but other than that, I mean, he gave me ten points. Why? Five receptions, 50 yards. You know, it's it's becoming very apparent that the volume for Cooper Cup isn't a lot anymore. Robert Woods is starting to become like a little Swiss Army knife. You know, like the, you know, the... The, the end rounds, the fakes. end rounds, the fakes, all that. And that's great. But, yeah, Josh Reynolds has been super consistent just in general as a receiver. Um, You know, um, I'm sorry, I'm, blank, I'm blanking on your list for some reason. Oh, Marvin Jones Jr. Marvin Jones Jr. has, in my opinion, been just outshadowed because Kenny Galladay has been so good the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but Marvin Jones is a talent. And I think people forgot that just because Kenny Galladay, you know, shadowed him. I mean, uh, you know, outplayed him and all that. Um, and then, you know, like your first receiver that you brought up, um, sorry, Cole what was it again? Cole Beasley. Yeah. We love Cole Beasley. Me and you, we love Cole Beasley. We all know why he is fantastic. Wonderful receiver. Uh, go listen to his reps. <laughs> His route running ability and his raps are at an elite level. Solid. Solid. So, um, speaking of Josh Reynolds, my good sir, uh, you know, he is is a part of my third winner this week. Because, you know, wow. Los Angeles Rams, you, I, I don't think you know what you did yesterday. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is Tuesday, so Sunday. Um, you stopped the MVP front runner at the time. You held DK Metcalf in check. Shout out Jalen Ramsey. T Lock didn't do anything. Russell Wilson was running for his life the whole entire game. The whole entire game he was running for his life. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, and, and you know, like, the, the Seattle Seahawks offensive line has been somewhat decent this season. So to see Russell just absolutely running for his life every single play, that was great. 
like on the part of the Rams, like, like wow, you know. And, and then like we all know that the Seahawks defense is garbage. We all know that. We all know it's garbage. But in general, we're commending the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. But how about the Rams' offense? I mean, it looked like everybody was in sync. It looked like almost every single play they did worked to at least some degree. And you know, I've you know I've been very critical of Jared Goff this season because you know he had a basically bubble MVP season in 2017 with that Super Bowl run. Then he came out in 20 oh no 2018 I'm sorry 2018 2019 he came out flat. He was god awful in 2019 in my opinion. But this year he's starting to elevate himself and it, I mean you know he's nothing like he was in that 2018 season 2017 season. But you know he's holding his own and he's looking good. Um, you know, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, my God, that's, you know, yeah, it's a trio. I've, I, I said it from the beginning. I never liked Cam Akers. I thought it was disrespectful that JK Dobbins went after him, but whatever. I digress. It is what it is. That trio of running backs over there in LA is actually working yeah. and it's working good. I mean, wow. Uh, last thing I'll say before I'll hand it off to you, um, Let's bow our heads in prayer for uh, Big Wit. Uh, Heavenly Father, please take care of Big Wit. Amen. Dude, that was devastating to watch. That was that devastating was to watch. That was a horrible injury. That was devastating to watch. Big Wit is their heart and soul. And I hated seeing him go down like that. But, but yeah, uh, Los Angeles Rams, on my part, you get, you, you, get a, you get a little bit of the bubbly. You deserve it. A little bit of the bubbly. Hopefully, Andrew was is okay, because that was a horrific injury. It was it was bad. It was very bad. That yeah. running back position with that trio brings so many different elements to the table. They all do certain things that Todd Gurley did, but now broken them up or breaking them up into three sections. And like you have Malcolm Brown that's the power back. Yeah. Daryl Henderson's a pretty fast boy. Mm-hmm. And Cam Akers, when he wants to be, apparently, because he's been on a slump lately, but he's an elusive back. Yeah, and he's really good at pass blocking as well. Exactly. That was his biggest thing in college. And yeah. their defense, I mean, statistically, they are Insane. top Insane. five in yards per game. You know, they create turnovers. And not just Aaron Donald, but Leonard Floyd is becoming oh, one of the yeah. best linebackers in football. He is yeah. so good, and he was everywhere against Russell Wilson on Sunday. Mm -hmm. and, and like you mentioned, that offensive line has been pretty good this season. And even mm -hmm. in the commentators in that game, they said, well, he's getting protection. I'm like, I don't see the same game no, that you're seeing. No, I'm no, seeing no, Russell no, no, Wilson no. run for his life and being so just frantic in every decision that he's making, which is so unlike Russell Wilson. On average, Russell Wilson had like what? Four or five seconds before he had to start running? I mean... I mean, you can't have that. No, I I, I don't know if the, the Seahawks are just on a big slump. I'm not super high on the Rams, but they are slowly but surely earning, like, shock factor and impressive yeah. plays, yeah. impressive wins week by week. Um, they didn't really have much to go against in the beginning of the season. They didn't have much competition. But now that they're beating these teams, especially in their division, which is very important, I, I see Jared Goff playing better. The running game is playing better. They have really good weapons on the offensive side. As long as their offensive line can stay healthy with Whitworth and all of those other guys, I mean, they're top 10 in the, like, the pro football focus ranking-wise in their position, yeah. which is incredible yeah. to think. And that defense is only getting more mature more accustomed to Brandon Staley's defense. So the transition from Wade Phillips to Staley has been really nice. So, yeah, I, I, I like the Rams. It was a big win on Sunday for them, for sure. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Last winner for me is a team that week after week, they are just so physical. They are winning these games in such a dominant fashion. And they're getting really good wins overall. But they proved it against the Denver Broncos this weekend with 37-12 win. They are now 6-3. The Las Vegas Raiders making ah. it 
apparent that they are not just going to walk by the Kansas City Chiefs and give them that division. You know, they, they yeah. match up against the Kansas City Chiefs this week after beating them earlier in the season. Their only losses are to the New England Patriots. Well, I'm still on the New England Patriots train. I, I'm not ready to give up. The Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Those are some quality losses. They have some quality wins over the Saints and the Chiefs. And their schedule going forward, other than this Chiefs game, this uh, this Sunday night, which I'm so excited for. It should be a very, very good game, yeah. I think week 16, they go against Miami, which is a really solid matchup. But they're going to play the Jets. They're going to play the Chargers, the Falcons, the Broncos again. And this favors them heavily. I could see this Raiders team going 11-5 and five to end the regular season. I mean, so could I. I mean, you, you know, here here's the thing, though. I think this week, personally, I think the Raiders are going to get waxed against the Chiefs. The only reason why I say that is because, hey, man, we saw that game. Patty did not like losing against those Raiders. He didn't like it. We saw in the post game he was very, very upset. Everybody on the Chiefs were upset. So I think they're going to come out and wax the Raiders. However, going back to the Raiders' schedule, Dude, like you said, Chiefs and Dolphins, those could be losses. And then the rest? You know, it's crazy to see the turnaround of these Raiders. When John Gruden first came in, first year we thought it was a bust. Second year, thought it was a bust. Third year, okay, but not enough. This year, though, however... Trust the process, I guess, is the key word for this Raiders team. And the best part, before we move on to the losers, best part about this Raiders team, in my opinion, look what Derek Carr did yesterday. He did jack shit. <laughs> but you got Josh Jacobs, beast, absolute monster. And they, you got, got, Josh they got that boy Booker, too. Yeah, you got Josh Jacobs, the beast. I mean, the defense comes up every now and then. Every now and then, they come up big. They are a physical football team on the defensive side. Even with those moves that they made in the offseason where I'm like, you're getting a lot of Cowboys players, but it's working. Like, Jeff Heath gets another interception. Malik yeah. Collins up front. They're gonna, they have David Irving, who I love. And their secondary that was the worst in the NFL, I would say two to three years ago, has now risen up and been – Really good. I mean, really physical. Yeah. They they tackle. They don't give up the big plays. And even though that the Broncos are struggling right now with the injuries and their season is pretty much over, uh, Drew Locke does get injured in this game. But to only give up 12 points, yeah. and, and even with Jerry Judy, that it was just all around the field with his route running. I think that's an impressive thing, and I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that it's going to be an easy cakewalk for the Chiefs on Sunday night. I think it'll be tough. I think the Chiefs will win and get that win back in their season, but John Gruen's not going to let this group of guys just go down easily. And I'm saying, you got to stop Josh Jacobs. Ain't no you way in hell you, you are stopping stop Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs Look, is built different. Look, man, all I'm saying is that Patty Mahomes reminds me a lot of an angry Aaron Rodgers when he's angry. And we all know that an angry Aaron Rodgers, that's scary. That is scary. It'll be nice. It'll be fun. I, I'm yeah. really excited for that matchup. Like, Sunday night football is just really good right now. So, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, Spider 2Y Banana. Oh. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, sir. Was it, did you already do all three of your winners? Yes, I did. Okay. We're moving on to the honorable mention real quick. Mm -hmm. real, real, quick. Quick, real quick honorable mention. Nick Chubb, glad to have you back, buddy. Coming glad to IR. have you back. Oh, my God. I was Because they only projected him to have, like, what? Like, six fantasy points? because Like, like six to ten or something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm kind of pissed that he didn't get into the end zone on that final run. Everybody is. <laughs> but, I mean, I won no matter what. Uh, it's yeah. Nick Chubb. It does. I mean, he doesn't look like he was injured to begin with. 
No, he came right back and just destroyed everyone. Love it. Nick Sir, Chubb. you're an honorable mention. Oh, that's right. Hey, hey. You know what Nick Chubb wants? You know what he deserves? And I want my damn respect, too. Damn respect. Mm -hmm. He does deserve the damn respect. Real quick, honorable mention for me, the New York Giants. Oh, We're oh, not, you know what? That's a good one. That's a know, good one. You know what? They, they're not going to get mentioned that that often. Yeah. In, in in this series, so twenty-seven to seventeen win over the Eagles. Keep them in the NFC East at three and seven. I do like this defense. I think Blake Martinez, who is, I, he's either leading the league in tackles or is in the top two, top three. I loved him in Green Bay. I thought it was a joke for him to leave Green Bay and for a mistake for the Packers to let him go. But for him to go to New York and be the leader defensively on that young group of guys, this is going to get some time to develop. But as long as he's leading the way, they can put up some good performances defensively. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Daniel Jones played well. If he uses his feet and controls the ball, doesn't turn the ball over, this team can win some football games, especially in their division. So I mean, they did give the Bucks a run for their money. They did. So they really yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, they really should have won that football game if one call goes their way, that one pass interference call at the end of the of the series. So I, I think they should have won a lot of their games this season, especially the Cowboys won, the Tampa Bay Bucks won. So they could be atop the NFC East in a few weeks, and I wouldn't be surprised. So. New York Giants. Also, because the Eagles are just so damn bad. Oh, well, They're so the bad. Oh terrible. my god! I'm just saying oh the god. Giants They're aren't so the bad. worst one. Yeah. They're, yeah. So uh, finally, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett. Oh god. Get some respect. <laughs> and I want my damn respect for once. Yeah. 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 Well, well, sir. Moving on to losers. This is where a serious face gets put on. Do it to him. Turn me up. John Harbaugh, what's going on? John. Wow. John Harbaugh, what's going on, man? Let me tell you something, John. I know Bill Belichick is the absolute GOAT. The best head coach that we've ever seen. I know Cam. Cam's been Cam's been showing some signs of improvement. I get it. Damian Harris, he's a big boy. I get it. We're all tied. No. Uh, Jacoby Myers. Nice. Nice surprise. QB won in my eyes. Nah, nice surprise. Uh, Chase Vinovich. Great player. Oh, Chase Vinovich. Great player. So fun to watch. McCordy Twins. Great player. Oh, you, you, you get my point. Patriots have some some bright spots. Um, Why are you losing to them, John? Mr. Harbaugh, why are you losing to them? Seriously. It's because of the weather. Weather my ass. Look. How do you stop Damian Harris? Oh, I don't know. Maybe these two guys named uh, Calais Campbell. Oh, Calais Campbell was injured. He was injured. That's right. Well, still, you guys just got Yannick and Gakwe. Come on now. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, let's, who did the Ravens just sign because he was balling out? Marlon Humphrey? Where was he? Where was he? Hmm. Mm, yeah. Um Oh oh hey hey let's um who's the Ravens quarterback real quick? Didn't he just win MVP last year? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Um hey hey let's who's um who's the Ravens wide receiver that can run a four three and outrun everybody on the damn field, but they're somehow still not throwing to him? Hollywood. Oh, oh, oh. Hmm. Um If you want to blame the weather, it's a fair point because Jesus Christ, that thunderstorm was insane. That was really were, bad toward the dude, end. There were, there were points during that game where I was like, why are they out there? Why? But I digress. Still, that game could have been won before the third quarter. Oh, yeah. And, um, no. So, um, what's happening? You have. Lamar Jackson, former MVP. Hollywood Brown that can dot anybody up. Yeah, I know you don't got Mark Ingram. But you got Gus Bus and J.K. Dobbins. 
Your offensive line is pretty good. Your defense is technically stacked. Why are you losing? Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Stephen A, take it away. Well, before Stephen A, hold up, Stephen A. Oh, Stephen A, please wait. The Baltimore wait, Ravens are my first loser of the week as well. Oh. So to, to add put on. over and add on to your point, 23-17 to 17 loss against a New England Patriots team that was really close to losing to the Jets. Oh, oh God, that makes it even worse. But the Ravens look dull. They look stale. You look at their season. At 6-3, and three, they're tied with Cleveland in the AFC North. Their losses come to the Pats, to the Steelers, and to the Chiefs. There are only three games this season to where you can really make a point that you are serious about winning football games at the highest level and making it far into the playoffs. Their wins, Eagles, Bengals, Texans, their best wins right now are against the Colts, who Phillip Rivers will choke eventually, and Cleveland, who real G's move in silence like lasagna. If you think Lamar Jackson is figured out, I don't I don't think so. But this is becoming such a consistent thing with the Ravens because I went back and looked at it last year and I'm saying I'm seeing a team that is winning those easy football games, but when it comes down to the games that really matter against the Chiefs, against I, I don't know, like the I mean they were really close about about the Seahawks I mean, game last year. I mean, the Steelers, look at the Steelers. They still lost the Steelers last year, I think, at least one game, no? Uh, I don't think so. No. Oh. I mean, well, the Steelers were kind of tough because, like, the last eight games of that season, they were uh, unbeatable. But I don't know if the Ravens played them in that stretch. But, like, this team just doesn't make sense. It is consistent that they start off slow, and they started off slow in this game as well. I get it. The Patriots have a really good defense. And, like, they have their issues, but they're still Bill Belichick's team. So I can understand if you struggle a little bit. But when we're seeing it against the Chiefs year after year, when we're seeing it against the Pats year after year, and you're losing to the Steelers, who are your main competition in that division, and we get it. You have a really good running game. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, big trust, right? They have the best running game in the NFL, but they have the second worst passing game in the NFL for the second straight year. Why are you making this a point when you have Willie Sneed, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, who is the most consistent and best catching tight end in the league, and then you just signed Des Bryant, you have a really good offensive line, yet we're seeing Kyle Duggar and Josh Uchey, who I think are tremendous athletes, they are big for their size, but they're also speedy. They have figured out Lamar Jackson on one game. They said, we're not going to let you get those easy runs, but we are, like, the Patriots are one-dimensional. They were one-dimensional. It is all through Damian Harris and their running game. Cam Newton is throwing for, like, 95 yards every week mm -hmm. because they run the football. And you're telling me that this defense that is supposed to go 16-0, considering how we started at the, at the beginning of the season. And now you're 6-3, and three, but you're just such an average 6-3 and three team. I'm watching them struggle and lose to a Patriots team that might not make the playoffs. Yeah. And now they have the formula to beat them, and it's not that hard. It's really not. They, they shouldn't have lost that game last night. They shouldn't have. And it, it, it just doesn't make sense because... You know, on paper, technically, they're stacked. They but, have the best roster in the NFL. But it's just, I don't know. But they just don't, don't show know. up against the games that matter. They don't show up against the contenders. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many games you win. You won so many last year. Guess what that got you? An early exit against the Titans. Congratulations. Yeah, against Derrick Henry, excuse you. Oh, okay, Derrick Henry, okay. But you're going to meet them again in the in the playoffs. Yeah. You're going to meet yeah. the Chiefs again in the playoffs. If you meet the yeah. Steelers or the Patriots, your resume ain't showing up. I'm yeah. passing on the Baltimore Ravens with their performance on Sunday. 100%. For sure. Stephen A, finally. Please, Stephen Come A. in and finish it off. Mm. Mm. Well, 
I guess since we both tacked on, I'll go on to my next one. Yes, sir. This this one hurts me. This one hurts me personally because I love him with all my heart. He has been the most consistent Saints player that I love in my heart ever since I was a kid. Damn, Drew Brees. That sucks, man. That really sucks. Stop. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop. Stop. Oh, God. Gotta eat those W's. Oh, God. Oh, God. Drew Brees. I'm sad, man. I'm sad. I don't like seeing Drew Brees hurt. I don't like seeing Drew Brees struggling. Well, but um, I mean, it doesn't help when you have cracked, uh, cracked ribs and a punctured lung. Mind you, five cracked ribs. My oh, lord, is there a number to it? Yeah, there's five. So all of his fucking ribs. <laughs> basically, yeah. My man can literally, my man can hardly breathe right now. Basically, but man, that sucks. Look, here's the thing, though. So, you know, besides the fact that it hurts my heart that Drew Brees is injured now, right? You know, it's awful. He's a GOAT. He's a legend. He's a very lovable person. But now you got to think about this Saints team, okay? First of all, even with Drew Brees, there were signs. There were signs of struggling. Now, you can come at me and say, they just destroyed Tampa Bay two weeks ago. Fair point. Look at the games before that. They looked very mediocre. What did the Saints do all the time? Here, Kamara. There you go. That's all they did. That's all they did. Why? No Michael Thomas. Traquan has not performed at the same level that he did last year. Jared Cook, where the hell are you? What happened? You used to be amazing last year. Their offensive line? It's back and forth. Back and forth. And then you have Michael Thomas come back, and Drew Brees, for some whatever reason, didn't hit him a lot. Michael Thomas was their safety blanket, and Drew Brees wasn't throwing it to him? Why? What happened? Saints defense? Well, we won't discuss that. But... No, why, why is that? They've been playing well. Against a banged-up-49ers team. I'll give them credit for the Bucks win. Fair enough. I will give them yeah, credit for that. Really well against the Bucks. I, they really well. I'll give them credit for that. But the weeks before that, mediocre. There were some games that they either lost or barely won that should have not been that way. That's my point. So, this brings up the question. Are the Saints done without Drew Brees? No. No. The only reason why I say no is because Alvin Kamara is a freak. He is a freak of nature. Shit, you know what? Taysom Hill, get in there, run the RPOs with Alvin Kamara. You guys will be good, honestly. But, man, it sucks. Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints. Stephen A, take it away. Jameis Winston will be okay. No. He'll be okay. You, I'm not saying get he's going to just, just ball out. He's not going to eat Ws. But 33, they, were 30 just 30, this, man. they were just in this position last year. Drew Brees they goes were. out with a thumb injury. Teddy Bridgewater earns himself a contract in Carolina by his performance. They go undefeated with him before Drew Brees comes back. And if you run through Kamara, if you run through Michael Thomas, they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. They already won the games they needed to in that division by beating the Bucks twice. And handedly as well. So they make the playoffs, they get the divisional title, and we'll see how long it takes for Drew Brees to come back. It's got to be a few weeks at least, but yeah. I feel like they're in the same situation they were last year. It's just a little bit later in the season. We'll see, man. We'll see. Eat those Sir. W's, baby. Eat those no. W's. No, please don't eat them. 30 for 30. Please don't eat them. Second loser for me, we talked about him before the podcast, uh, the Tennessee Titans. I, I'm, I'm trying to rewatch this game and I'm trying to figure out how in the hell these stats are so even time of possession. There's no turnovers in this game. The penalties, they only had three in this game. Mm -hmm. Their third down conversions are pretty bad, but Derrick Henry runs for over a hundred yards. The receivers, you know, they got some targets. They got some receptions. Ryan Tannehill could have thrown more, but 
They didn't score in the second half. They scored all of the points in the first half. And defensively, it makes no sense to me how bad they have been playing. And in this game that I'm watching, I'm like, okay, the effort's not there, but they're also on the field a lot. So I can understand if you're giving up a lot of big plays, but then they also have the highest turnover margin in the NFL with 10 plus. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you can create turnovers. That saves you a lot of time. The Steelers just just create a lot of turnovers, but they give up a lot of yards. Well, that's fine if you can create the turnovers. But yet your offense doesn't score any points, even with Derrick Henry leading the way. And with A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, like this is not making sense to me. And now with a stretch of four games where they go 1-3 after starting 5-0 and and losing to the Colts 34-17, I want to believe in this Tennessee Titans team, and I think in the long term, Mike Vrabel's going to out-coach a lot of these other teams. But right now, I just don't seem to get a grip on how they're losing football games. Not not just losing it, losing them badly. Especially a Colts yeah. team that's just inconsistent offensively, but they look great on Thursday night. So Tennessee, I'm just, I don't know. Like I, I want to believe in them. They're one of the teams that I really think can contend in this AFC and make a lot of issues for other teams like the Chiefs or like the Ravens. But I, I don't know. I'm, so, I'm just up in the air with the, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has slid ever since they first lost that uh, game to the Steelers. Um, Derrick Henry's still a beast, but... AJ Brown and Corey Davis have been so inconsistent lately. John New Smith has been so inconsistent lately. Their defense is still okay, but they're starting to give up way more points than I don't know. I, I agree with you. They're very inconsistent. So I know they have the issues on on, on defense. And they, they did get rid of some guys, but they still have Jadavion Clowney. They still got Malcolm yeah. Butler. They still got some really good linebackers like Evans. Like it's just it's not coming together. Like I thought it would. And last year, I mean, they weren't the best defense, but they got it done. And they made a really strong push in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm just waiting for them to get back in the form. But okay, that's the Titans team that I wanted yeah. to see. So, hmm. I mean, there was that, that one Thursday night game against the Bills to where they only had like one practice because of the COVID situation. And they, did, and they annihilated and, and those. And their discipline oh, in that yeah. game was so unbelievable. And now I'm starting to see one in three. Their only win is against the just the disappointing Bears. Like, that's not that's not something to really look into. But yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just disappointed. I'm just really disappointed. I'm wanting to see more of the Tennessee Titans. So, Stephen A. Yeah. Hmm. Well, sir. To wrap this up, my last loser. We briefly mentioned them. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's weird to talk about this because I, I have I have I have immense respect for Russell Wilson, but this this seems to happen all the time. It seems to happen all the time, every single year. How is it that it's been, what, four to five years now that Russell Wilson has carried this team? And every single time he underperforms, so does the team. All the time. All the time. Isn't four to five years a good enough trend to finally say, you know what, let's fix this problem? You know, why, why isn't this problem fixed yet? I, I don't, I don't get it. If you want to blame the fact that they don't have Chris Carson. Okay, fine. Chris Carson's a, a good, a good excuse. Chris Carson's a very, very good running back and he does a lot for the Seahawks. But come on, dude, you have DK Metcalf, you have uh, Tyler Lockett, you have David Moore. Give David Moore some respect. He's mm -hmm. a pretty good slot receiver. Oh, yeah. You have Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister is a pretty damn good tight end, in my opinion. You have um, Greg Olson. Uh, Will Greg, Ol Greg Olson every now and then comes up big. I don't understand how every single year this happens. Every single year the Seahawks just collapse in one game, and then it leads to a couple of games where they start struggling. And I don't get it. 
what what is going on in the front office that they, they see this every year and like you know what let's fix this issue if if i'm right i'm, I'm not for sure because i i i can even say that you didn't even look at them a lot either because we were focusing on so many other teams during the draft we didn't focus a lot on their draft but if I remember correctly, didn't they sign? I mean, didn't they draft a, a first-rounder uh, offensive lineman? Offensive lineman? I don't think so. S something, I remember watching a game, and they said that they drafted an offensive lineman. I don't know if it was the second or third round, but either way, that's still top talent. Oh, yeah, okay. In the first round, they went with Jordan Brooks, linebacker out of Texas Tech, which I don't know. So it hasn't really hasn't really lived up to expectations so uh, far. Second round, uh, Daryl Taylor, edge rusher out of Tennessee, who has like a really good build to him, but he is just not ready at the at the second level. Um, guard Damian Lewis out of LSU in the third round. Okay, so third well, round pick. It's a good pick, but see, that's that's my point. Why do you wait until the third round? It's been four yeah. to five years. It's been four to five years of this trend every single time. Russell Wilson is running for his life multiple games in a season, and you don't fix that? You wait until the third round? Let's let's be real. The Seahawks could have traded for Jedrick Wills. They could have traded for Tristan Wirfs. They could have traded for Makai Becton. They didn't even need to, to really um, trade up that far. I mean, I think in the, the early second to third round, um, I was watching the game. I forgot who he plays with. I'm sorry. But Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, he was a really good lineman. And around that same time that they could have gotten him in the draft, I mean, they could have gotten him in the second round easily. But you didn't have to go with the, the first round draft picks. There were some really good guys in the second or third round offensively on that line that you could have gotten and been solid upgrades from what you have right now and built for the future. My point in calling them losers this week, look, I'm not saying that this game is their ultimate demise. It's not. The Seahawks are an extremely talented team. They're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to go far. I believe that. Well, like they but, always do. They, they, always they always are do. just a good playoff team. But the problem, my problem with this Seahawks team is, you, you know, to a certain extent, the, these Seahawks, I, I wouldn't put them that far because, you know, the Packers have a horrific front office, in my opinion. But, damn, man, they're getting close to that level. Four to five years and you don't draft a good lineman? Really? Come on, man. Come on. Ugh, I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing as last year. And even then, you could tie it into a lot of the other years but it was like their strength of schedule is not the best they're losing to good football teams that they'll see later on in the year they'll russell wilson's putting up the stats but at the end of the day it's just garbage you know stats that won't matter at the end of the season because of how bad their defense is playing and it makes no sense to me how pete carroll and how defensive sounded he is for so many years in seattle having the best defense in all of football in the legion of boom has now you know, traded for Jamal Adams, has acquired Carlos Dunlap, and yet this defense looks worse. I, I don't, I can't explain it. My, my issue as well with the defense is, for example, why would you select a linebacker in the first round when you already have, you know, arguably the best linebacker in the league, Bobby Wagner? You have KJ Wright. That's a solid one-two duo. Why not go get a corner? There were so many good corners in this draft. I mean, it was tough when it comes down to, like, the late first round, second round. I, I thought it was a little thin for a starting quarterback immediately. And there were some guys that have really, like, come together. Fair enough. But you also have to say this point, and I I'm glad it didn't happen because, you know, I'm very happy that he's with the Cowboys. And give him a couple years. He will develop. But Trevon Diggs was there. Oh, Trevon Diggs would have been a perfect fit Trev for the Seattle. Trevon Diggs was there, dude. Okay? I, I don't think it's necessarily the, the the position that I have a problem with. It's the player. Because Jordan Brooks is not, like, coming from Texas Tech, like, you can't go first round Texas Tech defense. I mean, it's, it's just non-existent. And even yeah. then, I was, like, struggling to think of anybody out of the Big 12 defensively that I'm like, okay, I'd be willing to go after them in early rounds. But 
this is just a, a bad draft. I mean, look at some of the other names. Like DJ Dallas is the only other one that's really stepped up from that draft. And even then, it's just because of all the injuries occurring in the running back position. But it's just... I think the Seattle Seahawks team is just the same old Seahawks team that we're so accustomed to. Of like, they're good, but they're not going to be great. And Russell Wilson's great, but the rest of the team is not good enough. I don't know, man. Uh, Stephen A, take it away. <laughs> now, real quick on my last loser. Pretty pretty simple. We talked about it earlier. Uh, of... of if, if, if you're needing help, if you want to talk, we can. Mm. The Bubble oh. Lots Sports mm. Podcast Hotline is now open. Oh. But the third loser and last loser of this week is the Texans legal team. Because I'm I'm just going back and forth. I'm trying to figure out a way to sue Bill O'Brien for the damage that he's done to this team. Because you're watching the incredible play from DeAndre Hopkins continue in, in the desert and it I mean he is on cloud nine right now he's gonna get paid he has a great quarterback he already got paid remember uh, he already got paid excuse me and he's gonna have a long lasting career in Arizona then you look at Houston two and seven Deshaun Watson can barely throw a touchdown Brandon Cooks comes out every so often Will Fuller, if he can stay fucking healthy, he wants to get out of there. And their defense can't stop anybody. So I go back to my tweet. And I say, Robert Covington from the Houston Rockets, who is literally just a three-point shooter, got traded to the Portland Trailblazers for Trevor Ariza. Pretty, pretty, you know, even right there. Add on a first-round draft pick. And then another first-round draft pick for another year. So you mean to tell me that Robert Covington, who averaged probably six points in the bubble, gets traded and is worth two first-round draft picks, and DeAndre Hopkins gets traded for David Johnson, the washed-up IR running back that he is, and 30 tokens for Peter Piper Pizza, and you think this is fair? And you think that the Texans don't deserve a lawsuit on Bill O'Brien? This, this team was robbed. This team was bamboozled. Bill O'Brien's a fugazi NFL head coach and GM. Fugazi. My goodness. He robbed them in plain sight. There's no way they can sue him. They're fucked. You know, it's funny how the Texans in the last five to six years have been absolutely robbed twice. One, paying Brock Osweiler $30 million. Oh, no. I forgot about Brock. And then you trade away the best wide receiver in the league for 30 tokens at Peter Piper and... Chris Covington, I don't know who that is. I don't it's, watch basketball. It's not but even still. enough to get, like, the little, like, slinky. That's not enough. I can't get tickets from 30 tokens. Not Peter Piper. Come on, man. David Johnson. The, the, the... Disrespect on David Johnson. Okay? Uh, shut because, up. You know, shut okay, up. Okay, hold on. Have, have, some, have some decency, okay? He's trying. He's on IR. Again. I, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Oh, my God. I'd take Duke Johnson over Duke you th- Johnson. You think a fan already found his house and, like, egged Bill O'Brien's house already? Something? Something. Just something. to get some, some payback? Just to feel yeah. something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. I'm not even a Texans fan. I. My goodness. My goodness. Stephen A., one last time. Remember, your mental health matters to us at the Bubble Huts Hotline. Oh, no. We want to hear from you. It's okay. It's okay to get some help. Hey. Okay. 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 This will do it for oh, episode God. 188 
of the Bubble Lut Sports Podcast, winners and losers of Week 10 in the NFL. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did. And we'll come back later this week with our buy or sell Super Bowl contenders and playoff teams in the NFL. And then we're also going to do a preview for the Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys game. You know, there there was just a nice calm. You know, just just a nice feeling in the air, knowing that the Cowboys aren't going to give me pain. Yeah, on their it was nice. It was nice, actually, believe just, it or not. Just sit down and watch some football without getting irritated or aggravated. Just felt nice for once. You know, it was nice not getting any ulcers from watching the Cowboys. Watching some good, because there was some good football this weekend. Watch some good football, and you know, getting a getting a double W in fantasy this week for me. I did good weekend. as well because the Minnesota Vikings defense got oh. me like thirteen points because Nick Foles sucks. is garbage now. Horrible. Yeah. So we're all winners this week. We're all winners. No losers. Winners. No, no losers. Except for your Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh, God. Kevin and the Bills fan and a Bills fan and a, well. I mean, I'm sorry, not Bills fan, um, uh, Texans fan. Yeah, Texans fan. All right, Kevin, thank you so much. Thanks, Welcome man. Back. Glad to be back. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Bubba Bunch, we'll see you next time on the Bubble Let's Go. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team get their ass kicked? Now, do you keep it classy or you keep it ratchet?